everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the AEW Dynamite Review here on Sunday Night's Main Event. We're your hosts, I'm Boris, and as always, I am joined by Dax Xavier. Dax, how's it going? Pretty good. I got, I'm feeling full of energy today, so um, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to talk. I'm ready to be a clown. I'm ready to do whatever we need to do. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, 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 even in a pre, pre-recording chat, I can tell that today is going to be one of those episodes. <laughs> All right, couple housekeeping things so the show does have a name, but I'm going to make you wait until the very end of the show to figure it out. Yes, I, I am doing that. I am going to, <laughs> I am going to make you wait, but uh, we did settle on a name and uh i'm gonna reach out to the person who suggested it and see what they want if they want a kiss on the cheek from me that sounded really bad actually (laughs) you know our hr department tells us about stuff like this right (laughs) oh my god okay so i do know this person really well so that's why i said that it's not this like it doesn't help matters worse (laughs) on behalf of s enemy I would like to uh, totally restrict that from the record. And uh... <laughs> see, if I cared enough, that would be something I cut out. But I think that makes <laughs> that makes these shows better. Oh, Dax! Like like I was saying, I've been sleeping so well this week. I think just like the past several weeks of just feeling like absolute shit have caught up with me. And like the past week, I have been. Well, you've been recovering too. I mean, like you got you had the concussion and all this stuff. So I mean, you've been going through the motion. Yeah, the past week I've been honestly sleeping like eight nine hours a night, not straight, but overall. But it's been feeling. I've been feeling great. I've been feeling so good. And last night broken sleep um but yeah I'm, I'm feeling good i'm honestly feeling very good it's kind of funny i was just doing like i have this um aggregator of news that i use for all of my shows right like for anything mm-hmm. wrestling anything geek blah 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 yeah i don't use google i use something else and mm-hmm. uh, i was just scrolling through the geek news and mm-hmm. i saw this cbr article Comic yeah. book resources. I love them. Um, That's yeah. why I'm saying them. It's the three letters they're good, I they're do good appreciate. They're good one. I like them. Yep. Yeah. It's three letters that we do appreciate. Um, <laughs> there's an article that was literally published. Let me refresh this. 20, well, 32 minutes ago. And it says this. Why Endless Waltz is still the best Gundam movie. Like, it's just so funny considering we were talking about this. We did just talk about episode. that. Yeah. Amazing. It's in the zeitgeist, man. Right? Right? <laughs> it really is an awesome movie. Like, I think what people, when you, when the minute, all right, I'll, I'll go ahead. When you think Endless Walls, what is the first thing that comes uh, goes into your mind? Wings on robots. There you go. That's the, I think that's the one reason why people love it so much is the visual and animation of that, of that movie where he, where those wings just like, it's spread. It's just so beautiful. And you're just at all of like the uh, zero Gundam is just like it, it's angelic now. This <laughs> is just pretty awesome. Yeah, exactly, exactly. This week has been a very light week for 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 our bread and butter, aka Geek News. Uh, there hasn't really been. It happens every so often. Time. Yeah, and I kind of like when that happens. It, it it it's 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 just crazy how much there is. It's kind of like the wrestling world, right? Where yeah. it goes, it has its ups and its downs. And right now, similar to the wrestling world, kind of like that 
pop culture, as I'll call it, that yeah. everything pop culture right now, just there's just so much, so much consumption. I've, um, I've had those times too. So I, yeah. I have always have often have to fill something up and I could do that right here and help us out Two gaming subjects. I would like to mention. I have one, one and actually maybe a comic book thing too. So let's start with the gaming things real quick. Ubisoft actually put out an this, article. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Give me one second. Give me one. I, we really need to start recording this show so that people can see what I'm sharing. Is this <laughs> it? Hold on. Give me one sec. Is this it? Because I swear to God. This, this is, is one of that? the pet peeves I have with the industry right now. Is it this? Give me a sec. Let me see because I'm looking up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I knew it. I love it. This and it is me. exactly from the website too that I was about to look up. <laughs> this angered me so much, and I, 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 I this apologize. Is one of the, I, I literally posted this. I was like, "This is one of the things that have been pissing me off about game industries and their and their strategies is that they don't want you to." I, I I'm glad that they put it out there. They put it out there like, 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 like they weren't even afraid because. If they're thinking this, I'm pretty sure other industries are thinking this. And what we're talking about, basically, people, is game companies wanting you to wanting you to not own your game, but want you to pay the same price for keeping these games. And I'm like, this is beyond. Like, this is why I don't like online reliant games. This is why I don't like live service games because once the server is going, once it's out, once there's maintenance, you don't have the ability of playing your game. But if you have it in a in a SD drive or a you know a, a, any type of external hard drive, it's yours. You have ownership, you have rights, you paid for it, you have the receipt, you have the invoice. Even if you try to upload, if you try to download it from a other from from some other sources, you have the means to keep it. Same with same with movies. You have the means to keep it if you have uh, you know proof of purchase. So you can re-upload and download these. Uh, you know, you can re-download these games at any time, any from any source. Um, but I don't like the idea that they're trying to make you pay the same amount. Because again, there's a certain graphic design company that we talk about that has done this already, and because the millennials and the Gen Z generation are naive and 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 uh, un, unbeknownst to them of how we used to pay younger millennials and keep that content. Say it again. Younger millennials. Younger millennials, I guess. Okay. You know, there's a subculture within a culture. I'm a millennial. And like, (laughs) I mean, granted, but granted, I'm saying in general, I don't mean everybody, but just in general. But there's a certain denomination of those generations that are not, that doesn't know that at one point we had physical copies, we had downloadable copies that we can work with online, and they now format to the creative cloud, which makes you pay a monthly fee. And you're paying more than what you were paying. Like I said, I paid like twenty six hundred for my creative suite, and I, I'm still using it. I still use it from time to time. Um, now I kind of use the newer versions as well, but and I also use um, you know other companies that that format it with offline capabilities and everything, and you keep it and all the stuff. But they're getting more out of you. From a consumer standpoint, that is you do the math. That is not good. And that's not saying that they're not providing you with some good, you know, content or new or quality stuff. It's just 
it's a, it's a way for them to get more money out of you and money that you may not be able to have or afford to be able to do things that you need to do. What bothers me about this is that the gaming industry is actually, I'm just going to swear for, for, for this moment. And I apologize to, to all those kids out there. They're fucking you twice. And this is what pisses me off about the gaming industry, right? We talked about the software industry last time that we talked about this, right? And at least the software industry has uh, fixed its pricing scale to to a point where you're not necessarily paying full price for things. You're paying more. Especially if you're a student, if you're you're a college student as well. Yeah. You're paying more long term. The your 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 life your 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 life cycle on this sop- certain software you're paying more overall but at least you're not being forced to pay you know whatever the base price was what you and i would yeah. pay when we bought this software back 15 20 years ago right at yeah, least that absolutely. the video gaming industry and what pisses me off of the video gaming industry is that they still charge you they have the cojones to charge you 100 bucks or 80 90 bucks base price and you still don't technically, quote-unquote, own stuff. I'm sorry, but if I'm, quote-unquote, borrowing or renting stuff, why am I paying full price? Why am I paying right. full price for, for something? If I have right. the physical copy, then I have the license to use that as I wish. Hence, therefore, you should be paying more. But if I don't actually own, I'm using air quotes, own something, I shouldn't be paying full price. And that's why. Of that. And that's oh, why yeah. I... That's why my little nephew refuses to buy physical games because he's like, yeah. I want to buy, I, like, if I, I, I want it. And, like, look at what Sony was doing, the Sony service uh, with uh, movies and stuff on, on yeah. right? Like, which they double, ba- which they, you they know, du- they backtracked. backtracked. They backtracked, right? But this is the fear. This is the thing. At any point, anything that you quote unquote own on the cloud, Google movies, Apple movies, they can be taken away, and that is that. You lost your right to access it. Technically. Technically. But the problem is, a lot of people, and I just had this discussion with somebody um, yesterday on that exact thing. Technically, people don't understand that, like, you can find that data. Yeah. Download that data. Of course. And you will not be you will not be arrested because you have the receipt that you own that data so you can get it from somewhere else put a store it in a hard drive it's just people don't think that deep and people may think it's too tedious to do because the front end software doesn't allow you to download it doesn't mean that you're legally not able to yeah exactly so there are like i I hate to say it they're, they're like torrent sites that you can go to but the thing is like you if they question you you have to have the receipt that's basically what you do if you go into your account and look at your receipts and lists and all that stuff and, and that stuff. You can back that up. And sometimes Blu-rays do. If I I don't get Blu-rays anymore, but I remember when I used to get Blu-rays, they also provided you with a digital download version yes. that you could store. I don't know if they still do that. Some do. Some do. Okay. I, I hope they still do because, you know, Blu-rays also are pros and cons as well. Um, and then. When it comes to games, they also, even if you get the physical game, you still got to download extra stuff. Mm-hmm. At this point, it's like, At this point, I, I, when they, when they, on yeah. the physical copy, you get what is considered the gold release of that game, which is a working mm-hmm. copy. It won't break your, or break your system, but, you know, because of timing, because of printing, uh, timing schedules and all yeah. that, 
they released a much earlier version of the game than the final yeah. version. Honestly, a lot of developers, they're developing games up until the 11th hour. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why there's like sometimes day one patches or, you know, patches that will come down the line and stuff like that. Um, it, it, with, it, the problem I have with the gaming industry and a lot of other industries as well is that they're not transparent. And I feel like if they were more transparent, I think they would have more support of the consumer base mm -hmm. that do that. I, I'll give an example. It's a guy um, I interviewed a lot. Mike, um, uh, I was just say Mike. Uh, he he, you know, he did retro um, media wrestling. Mm -hmm. um, and Mike Herman, um, I believe his full name is. And the one thing I dug about him in the process of him doing that game, which was like a two D retro wrestling game, is that he decided to be so transparent with the development process of it, which is something that normally is taboo for most companies. And it's a risk because yeah, you're risking telling people like we kind of fumbled on this or we, we did this, but it's going to take a little bit longer to do. And, but you're seeing how we're, what we got to do. He openly did. He's an indie, he's an indie developer. You know, this is the only game that he's done, but he wanted, he's seen the process of other game companies before he wanted to be transparent. With it, so he would have vlogs every single time on the development leading up to the release of the game, and I respected uh, him wholeheartedly for doing that, even though it is very risky to do. But I felt like he gained a lot more trust with people during that time. Doing so, I wish other companies would have done the same. CD Projekt Red, I'll give him credit too, because when Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven the was the debacle in uh, the two thousand twenty happened. To their credit, they at least admitted that they messed up and they apologized. And to their credit, they owned up and redeemed themselves majorly from that time. We don't get a lot of people that do that. We see what's happening with two D uh, with two D games. Often we see what happen what happens with now, unfortunately, AEW games and and T THQ Nordic, which I still don't know what the hell they're doing at this point with that game. Um, we need to see more transparency. I think you you open that that honesty to, to customers, you will gain a more trusting and more loyal fan base and, and consumer base. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly with you. I think transparency is key. I've always been very key on transparency. When I was running the Red Patch Boys, I was very keen on transparency. Obviously, right now, you've seen how open I am, not only to the hosts, but to the listeners of SNME. Yeah. Transparency is so important. Uh, it is. It's easier. To it's, say, it's not easy. It's not easy for the person saying it, mind you. It's not easy. It takes a lot of strength and a lot of humility to be able to say, I'm sorry, I messed up, I did whatever. Um, it does take time, but it, it you come out the better person at the end. Yeah. What pisses me off the most about this is that of all the companies in the world, video game companies, of all of them, it was fucking Ubisoft. I'm not surprised. What are you, are you no, kidding I me? Ubisoft I is, I, I is, is a history. I'm just saying, of all the ones, of course it was Ubisoft. Right, the exactly. Have, like, if no it, if it wasn't them, it would probably, look, Boris, if it wasn't them, it probably would have been EA. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're like, EA. they're kind of, they kind of, they, they, they both come from the same era and the same, and they kind of do things a little slightly similar. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. not surprised it is. <laughs> 
No, I'm not surprised at all. But it's kind of funny if you actually take a step back and look at like the entire industry of pop culture and stuff. You have music, which is its own beast, right? Yeah. You have movies and TV, which they have their own complications with DRM, digital rights yeah. management. And then you have video games. Mm-hmm. Like they each bring and come at a different viewpoint of what physical versus um right. uh digital copies mean and it's interesting to see the three industries having such different views so as a consumer you're at that's why i think it's so yeah. important for consumers to know what you are and aren't allowed to do right like it's yeah. so important that's why like but also realize that you have the power of payment right like, there he man i think I, I i don't understand this is my thing it's like I feel like when it comes to wrestling fans, especially like why do WWE fans feel that they're obligated to have to pay for something that they don't like and they just run with it. And that I see that happen very often. And it's like, they, they'll complain about something or just not even just wrestling, but they'll complain about something in general. And, but you're giving them the money to continue, which is telling them they don't have to change. But if a, a, a large amount of people start actually using critical thinking and start thinking like, I can put my money into MLW, I can put my money into other companies who are actually willing to do what we request and give us what we want and give us a good quality. What is stopping everybody from doing that? I just never understood the mentality of that. Like, if we really thought like that, the world would truly change. You think so? Like. I, I truly think so. I I really think I, it's 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 not that it's not that complicated. <laughs> like people think in the same in the same you know not not like systematically, but like if people had the same mindset of like what their value is and their dollar value, I think it'll change and it, and it has it, it honestly. Brian Danielson is a big <laughs> example of that. Of like when people start like really getting mad, they're gonna make changes. We've done it in times that we don't realize we've done it, and when we, if we actually did realize what we do when we do it, change the dynamic of our, a lot of these structures and things. We don't like it. We don't want to gonna pay for it. They're gonna for they're gonna force their hands to say like, all right, we're gonna keep doing what we're doing because this is what you want: supply and demand. Yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yep, but. Yeah, it's just very interesting to me seeing kind of where where everything lies, right? And it's it, it depending on what your cup of tea is, like the rules are so different. Um yeah. what bothers me though is movies and TV, for example, right? Like yeah. and, 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 and I blame George Lucas for this. And I think you know exactly hmm. where I'm going with this. And that's okay. you know, and this is why I like physical copies of stuff. Because mm-hmm. nowadays there is no such thing as a definitive definitive version version of, of a movie and that now bothers me so much <laughs> that bothers me so much you know what's so because funny when you point, said that yeah. at any point the creators and we've seen this how many times has Disney made edits to Disney Plus shows after the fact the defenders Ding, bingo the defenders the first time Netflix put out the defenders there were some obviously some obvious uh, you know, edit 
you know, uh, eras in there. You saw some green screens and all this stuff. No more than a few months later, I watched it again. I'm like, oh, they corrected that. They re-uploaded this thing with a better version, which in hindsight, as a person who, you know, edits, designs, produce, that is a slight good thing as well. So I'm not going to knock it too much, but I get what you're saying. Okay. There's a difference, though, between edits, like cleaning up shit that should have been cleaned up to begin with. Patching up, yeah. <laughs> and what George Lucas does. Oh, God. You know what's so funny? When I, when the minute you said that, too, I was thinking of Family Guy when they make fun of him doing that. Yep. When he got the little, you know, sock puppets <laughs> on the, yeah. on the uh, Star Wars, the Star yep. Wars uh, spoofs that they do. Speaking of which, <laughs> there's a TV show that we're going to talk about in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> We we would be remiss if we didn't talk about that. Exactly, exactly. It, uh, that's like I don't write notes for this show outside of the wrestling notes, <laughs> right? Like, right. In terms of what we're going to talk about, but I actually legit have a thing right here in front of me. Talk about X. Um, <laughs> so we will talk about X. But yeah. So real quick, soft. I got another question. I got another yes. like moving on to other gaming situations. <laughs> okay. I got a question for you. How? Wait. When did you start gaming? What was, what was the first console that, that came to you? NES. Original Okay, so you technically, yes, you've been around. Dude, that I was born right. in 85. All right, no, you still with that. You still within that realm of what we had to go through in gaming back in the day. Because um, I was around during Pong. So. Yeah, that's why, <laughs> that's why. That's why I, I clarified my age with you. No, you're, 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 you're still in that. You're still within that lift. But I put out a question a while back. So I'm interested in you internet so this is a this is what i call a grown folk gamer question grown folk (laughs) okay because you know i'm saying like this like the 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 new generation think that they like this is like video gaming is nuanced now we've been doing this our paleolithic era was like in 77 pong is like the caveman drawing of video (laughs) games you know i'm saying like and and genesis genesis sega genesis is what the renaissance no, it would be the Egyptian era. What, what, what would be like, the Renaissance? I don't know if you. I don't know if you realize. Did I say? Did I ever tell you that I actually wrote a a um when I took a, when I studied our history, and I was you know I, I was gaming me. back then. I, for extra credit, I actually did a parallel comparison between the history of video game development and and art history in the general. There's a similarity to both of those, and that's why I said like you know Pong is the Paleolithic era. Of video games because like like cave drawings, it was very simplistic, but you it made sense of what you know what it was. And during the Atari era and all the stuff, that's like the cave drawing era. Mm-hmm. When you reach the Sega Genesis era, that's kind of like the Egyptian era where you see all the um the art styles of the Egyptian uh, drawings on vases and all this stuff. When you get to PlayStation, that's kind of like the Roman the Roman uh, Greco Roman era where they started sculpting three dimensional, like art, you know, pieces and ionic columns and all this stuff. So I did a, and this is why I always got beef with, um, with uh, Roger Ebert's article, because when you look at the history of the development, there's a lot of similarities to how the evolution of video game was to the art, to the evolution of art in itself, which makes video game an art in a lot of ways. So, when we this like when when Greco Roman era came in, 
and they started sculpting, you know, for um, Augustus and all these other, you know, emperors and, and Greco-Roman emperors and all the stuff. They started creating and sculpting pieces, 3D actual models, fictitiously of these of these uh, of these, you know, um, imp- you know, these emperors and all the stuff. That's the PlayStation, Sega, you know, uh, Xbox, Dreamcast. That's the era of 3D. You know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of similarities to that. But with, I said that to say. I did an article on that to see the similarities, but also, you know, I've been around long enough to know these the evolution, but also been around like you have of the crap that kids today do not have to deal with, which is why I say we're grown folk gamers at this point. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like we've been around a block of things oh, that they didn't have to do with these things. Exactly. <laughs> so my question to that was like, and I'll be looking forward to hearing anybody else that's listening too. Name something gamers today don't have to deal with that we did back in the day during the uh, NES, Sega, and PlayStation era. For example, blowing in the cartridges, scratches on disc, you know, stuff like that. Like, what do you think of when you, uh, when when it comes to mind? Saving games, the ability to save a game, not having to restart on, the game. Yep. Right. Like that's and, if I had the ability to save Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one. <laughs> <laughs> how about that which we during the nes days there was no such thing as um a memory card exactly you know what i'm saying like we had passwords we had you know I, some of them had batteries remember it, I, I posted uh i put out i put in uh in the comment section the the uh, infamous zelda cartridge yes yes and i was like what are the first thing you think of when you see this i'm like Erased data on impact. <laughs> remember, remember in Nintendo, baseball all stars. Tech yeah. a lot of games. Baseball All Stars two. I remember this yeah. as a fact. You, 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 or baseball all stars one or two doesn't matter. You would create your teams. Blah blah blah. How did you save? Yeah. Remember how you had to save so that you don't delete the game, or you have to reset first and then hit the power button at the same Lord. time. But my fucking god, if you forget to do that, your game is gone. <laughs> that I mean, if you didn't have a password for some of the games, um, like I said, like Zelda was infamous. The first Zelda game, the gold cartridge was infamous because if you if you hit that hard or too hard, if it, if it drops on the ground, the battery pops out or something like that. That's in there. The battery that holds all the memory in there, and you got to start everything from scratch. Blisters. How many blisters mm. did you get playing track and field one and track and field two? <laughs> oh my god, that game. Um, shoot, the power pad. Good lord, stuff like. I'll, I'll give you another one. And we're going to go technical here. Do you remember having a switch box? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying, like, or or Channel having three? to put together. Yeah, everybody said Channel 3, exactly. The Switch box, for those who don't know, is this old school box that, you know, before there was cable, like like as we know it, we only had three channels. You know, especially here in the, in the States. We had NBC, ABC, CBS, and then there was UHF channels. So you would have this Switch box, and then, oh, if you had cable, it was HBO and Prism. That was it. You would have the, the elaborate channels that we had now. We got hundreds of channels now compared to that. We only had two cable networks. That was it. You watch WWE on on, on Prism <laughs> from, from the Spectrum, and that was it. And then everything else was UHF. But 
you had the switch box that you had to connect on the back of your Mercury screen and connect it together and then switch it from UHF to game or whatever like that. You know, you all got to deal with that today. <laughs> the, the hookups are a little bit more easier to do. Um, the AV, what is the audio video aux wires, yeah, the, the red, yellow, and white? The red, yellow, white. <laughs> They were not. Here's the thing. It, it was supposed to be easy as day. Like even if you had like stereo equipment or like an entertainment system that that all requires you to hook up everything, it was like somebody said they're trying to defuse a bomb. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it was more like more like trying to hotwire a damn car. <laughs> yeah, well, some TVs would switch them up. So red, like it was your red cable that went into the red slot on your system didn't necessarily go into the red slot on your TV. No! It did not. <laughs> so that was so annoying. With everything, oh. then you had to make sure. Hold up, that was not it. You had to also make hey, sure Jim, that it hooked up to hey, your Jim, stereo. Can, is the video? Can you can you see? Can you yes. see? No. Can you see now? Can you see now? But I can't hear anything. Exactly. <laughs> and then if you try to hook it up to your sound system, oh. And all you had to do was like you you put the you put the uh, the audio video. Uh, connections next to the actual deal and that like, and it makes that loud noise and it almost like you're about to get electrocuted. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh my god. Yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome, new generation gamers. Right. Because Dax, <laughs> hold on, I'm gonna bring something up real quick because everyone what you got and their mother had one <laughs> of these fucking things. Give me one sec to bring this up. That everyone which one had one of those. Had one. Everyone had one of these. Everyone had one. I had a, I had a, had a couple of them with the with the shelving exactly like that. Yep, exactly We're, like that. I'm with the, the picture with, it had to be the dual recorder. Yep, the old school Sony stereo that you would just add yep. components to. The woofer, like the woofer in the bottom, like because I and then for me and I always had dual everything. I had dual VHS because I used to like editing. And recording um, like old episodes of like Transformers or Thundercats and all that stuff, but I wanted to do I wanted to do the fade the blacks, you know, make sure that they were synchronized. I would even go as far as like splicing, you know, VHS tape to make sure that they were and put actual like you know uh, magic tape or whatever like that to make sure that it all connects really good. Like I was really technical. This is why probably what probably why I'm doing what I'm doing right now. One hundred percent. Remember, but also remember mixtapes quick. <laughs> Oh, mixtapes. King of mixtapes. Dude, the amount of times that I was fucking good at recording from the radio. I was able to yeah, get that timing. Here. So good. Yep. So good. Yep. Let me tell you. I got a lot of people laid off my <laughs> mixtape. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't ashamed to say, like, dude, like I used to put on I used to put on some hits. Nice. And um oof. Oh, high school. Remember? <laughs> when again, going back. Because you had to record stuff, uh, you had the VHSs. But remember the VHSs, the way that you would stop people from recording on a VHS, you would take out that tab on the corner of the, the VHS. Tape on it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I don't have a blank tape. Let me let me put this oh, tape. No problem. On. <laughs> get that air quiet. Get the air out of there and put the tape on. Boom, you got it. It's right on record now, <laughs> dude. The shit we had to do to, to, for our entertainment. It's I you know it's funny um when I was in uh when I was studying art design I had my uh, shout out to my man um Bert he um he called it we used to have we used to have something called stepology where we just hang out in the steps of the uh of our campus 
and just, you know, talk about things. But we also had ghettoology too. And basically it's just always a way of knowing how to get through things when you don't have the means of getting it. Yep. And it was always another way. Always. Always. <laughs> I think this is why I always have the mindset of if I can't get what I want, there's always another way to get it. Or this is another way to make things happen. I grew up on the idea of never giving up and there's always another way to make things happen. And I think I grew up from all of my experiences, my ghettoology experiences, if you will, of doing that because you don't have the means. And we talked about that last week when in terms to like um, Transformers and, and, and getting you know, trade offs and all that stuff and how I was able to get like all the how my mom never had to get Transformers for me because I always found a way to trade something to get something else. You always find another way. <laughs> never give up. Never surrender. Galaxy no. Quest. <laughs> no, not indeed. It's like this entrepreneurial <laughs> mindset. Yeah, I know. 100%, man. It's uh, okay. So going back to the original question, things that we did as elder elder state gamers that <laughs> call grown folk gamers, man. Let's, let's that's my <laughs> we grown folks here. Yep. Gaming, uh, gaming on a porch. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, <laughs> dude, just simply literally picking up your system and taking it to your friend's house uh, so that you can play together. Oh my god, I, Imagine I tell you, carrying that, a that... PlayStation 5 <laughs> down the street. No, how about that? And people, honestly, people still do. I, I tell you another thing, too. Um, but people still do that to this day. They still, I, I know, I specifically know people who still do this, and I don't understand why. They'll go to GameStop and stay in line all night for the midnight. Like, dude, I'm at home waiting. I'm, I'm, I pre, or I pre-ordered my thing, and I'm waiting for midnight for that thing to pop. Like, why are I you outside up. in the line in the cold weather I did fuck for up. a physical I copy? I did fuck up for PlayStation 4. When the PlayStation 4 came out, I thought I was done with mm-hmm. gaming. I, was, I thought it was too cool for school, right? Not really. I, just, <laughs> I didn't really think about it, uh, but... Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? I want that fucking PlayStation 4. I want it. So I went to Best Buy in the Eaton Center by Young Dundas Square, and I was waiting Mm -hmm. like an idiot, and I'm like, I'm not going to fucking get a system. (laughs) So what I did was I went home. On my way home, I went to Amazon.com, not CA, the American site, and I bought one Ah. from there, which had allowed me to ship to my place. Beauty. Great. But I'm like, you know what? It's, I don't know when I'm going to get the system. Like, it, it's it maybe Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I was going to get it that weekend. Just wasn't sure when. But so I'm like, Sounds like what? before Prime. Uh, yeah, well, when PlayStation 4 came out. So 12 or 13. Yeah. 13. Yeah. Okay. So then I'm like, I, I need this fucking system. When I get something in my head, I'm, I obsess over it. Like, I obsess. Mm-hmm over it as i'm sure you you've learned over the past few weeks of like especially when you know you can make it happen it is a means to make it happen exactly so wake up in the morning now it sounds like a like a kesha song woke up in the morning (laughs) 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 anywho go to walmart 7 a.m walk in they have like 10 playstation 4s there i'm like fuck yeah Bought one. Wow. No one was waiting. No one anything. Bought the PlayStation 4. Uh, bought FIFA and Call of Duty Black Ops. Mm. Was it Black Ops or Ghost? Ghost. It was Ghost. You, okay. So Opening. you got that one, and then you got another one coming your way. Yeah, which I sold for like 25% markup to some friend's friend. 
Because well, it was good timing. It you know it was good timing at the time. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, means to an end. So going back to the original thing, gaming and things that us uh, <laughs> as old guys had to fucking do. Yeah, there's so much, man. There's so much like the save. Like there's just from the ability to like you said, it's from the saving to connections to fuck, man. There's just so much. There is just not. So I would say much. I would honestly be selfish and say not let anybody borrow my disc. Yeah, in fear yeah. of back coming back scratched up. Oh man, oh man. Have you ever? Like, had I didn't care. That, I, didn't, I didn't care that. Look, I didn't care that people got mad that I didn't let them borrow my stuff. I'm like, dude, you're a liability. You don't have the means of paying me back if something happens to it. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I praise digital because of this. Mm-hmm. Okay, it was when I, I when I did a pro and con. I think I did an episode about the pros and cons of digital. There was so many pros that it is, con- I mean, you know, for having digital than it was cons. And then on the other way around, having physical, man, like if you, if your disc gets scratched up, you got to, you got to get one of those stupid like cleaning deals or repair, you know, disc repair kits that may or may not work. Yeah, I remember I had the Evangelion soundtrack part two. Couldn't ever find yeah. part one. I had Evangelion soundtrack part two. I borrowed, mm-hmm. let my bar, my brother borrow it. That motherfucker returns it all scratched up. I wanted to kill and him. You got to get it. And it just, so we went. And then it skips. Yeah, it started skipping. It wasn't working. Wouldn't work in cars at all. Because, um, you know, cars had very, very sensitive lasers yeah. for some reason. Yeah. Um, you would think that they would be better, but no, I found cars worse. And then I remember going to this Chinese mall um, in Mississauga, and they put this gel on. Man, it fixed it like a king. Crystallized it, it. Yeah. Yeah. It was so I remember good. malls used to have that too. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But not all always, right. not all of them always worked. And then also toothpaste, like a little bit of toothpaste was said to actually would work with that too with like not uh with uh q-tips yeah another thing that people don't have to worry about mm-hmm. alcohol and q-tips that you don't have to put clean to clean out your nes and all that stuff <laughs> so i remember my brother my brother was a scammer i i don't care he doesn't listen to any of my stuff so i can talk about <laughs> this all i want so my brother would buy <laughs> NES games. sorry okay my brother would buy nes games finish them and this is why the return policy on electronics has changed (laughs) (laughs) for people because of me Um, (laughs) so what he did me it was buying burning returning right Mm -hmm. remember i was i was burning like at its infancy so no one really knew i I had my stuff too Mm -hmm. anyways Dude, the amount of money I made in grade nine from burning games and CDs. Oh, man. I was fucking on fire in grade nine and ten. Anyways, what Dude, my brother if you doing, had imports, you, I would have been up with you. Like, I had imports and everything, man. I had oof. everything. And then I learned how to mod PlayStation 1s. Oh, you and me would have been friends a long time ago. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've always had to have a guy. <laughs> but that's so, you just brought up another thing. Not having to uh, take your stuff to a store to be modded and waiting for two weeks for your damn thing to come back. Yeah. Cause that was always the case. Cause it was always on a queue. Cause everybody was getting their uh, PlayStations modded. 
Yeah, so luckily every place, so there's a mall very famous here called Pacific Mall, and there's so many mm-hmm. stores, so they all competed to get you your system back right away uh, so yeah. that, you know. I anyway. used to have to wait like two weeks for it, for it to happen. I used to, One hour. And I was, I was struggling because I wanted a game. They used to sell systems already modded. Right, that, that yeah. too after a while. But in this day and age, we don't have to do that anymore. Because a lot of these, like Nintendo Switch, PlayStation, region free, so That's we can actually do so buy. Don't do stupid yeah. shit like that. They, they're like, you know what? We might as well get their. We're Thank trying you. to it's get like, them our money. <laughs> exactly, and then yes, you're even getting it better from people out of state because they got to pay more on the import. So let them. <laughs> and I still buy imports for the Nintendo Switch to this day, which is why I'm not I'm so. I'm not. Ready for them to give to do another Nintendo system right now. I'm still loving the Switch right now. Yeah. All right. So going back to what my brother used to do. So <laughs> you just want to get this out. <laughs> this is therapeutic for you, isn't it? Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> so he would grade seven and eight. He would always Hold on, let me write this game. down. My ther- let me write down my notes real quick. Exactly. <laughs> he would buy <laughs> he would buy a video game. Uh-huh. Bring it home. Him and I would fucking crush it, finish it, and he would then take a Q-tip, put some hairspray on the Q-tip, and brush it on the um, on the connector, the actual game, mm-hmm. like the 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 uh, the board, to the point yeah. where it doesn't work anymore. Take it back to the store and say it's not working anymore. Get his money back, buy a new game, rinse and repeat. He that dude that go to a restaurant and put a fly in a suit. No, he would never do that. We only, 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 we would only scam video games and movies. So how did that make you feel, Boris? <laughs> it gave me the ability to play a shit ton of games when I was younger. Oh my god! Like, there's a bear in my suit. I want my refund. <laughs> no, we would never do that. I would never, ever, ever do that. Especially me. I worked in the restaurant industry for a very long time. I would never, ever, 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 ever do that. But video games? Fuck you, Ubisoft. <laughs> <laughs> I never actually owned any games. <laughs> God bless. You see? Full God circle. bless okay. opportunities. <laughs> Real quick. Real quick. Let, and, and and I'm going to relate this to wrestling because this show is on Peacock. So. <laughs> Here you go. There you go. Connection. <laughs> Connection. Ten. Which, by the way, WWE is advertising in it, too. Oh, yeah. They, they, the commercial on Monday. They have like a commercial. Yeah, they have a commercial for it. Ted. Let's talk Ted. Let's Let's not, talk Ted. We're not talking Ted talk. We're talking Ted. Ted, the, 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 the live action family guy, basically. I like Base, the movie. It literally is. But the TV show takes it one step further. Yeah. I almost opted to say that the show is funnier than the actual uh, movies. And I love the Ted. I love both Ted movies, but man, this show is awesome. <laughs> it's only seven episodes, but I was absolutely entertained by this. I. It's like, you know, it's Seth MacFarlane. You know, he's talking like Peter, it, but he, he doesn't. His dialect, his 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 mannerisms are so different. It, it is slightly different from Peter. And well, the stuff that he gets away with and says. It's the anti-Peter. Oh, yeah. anti- yes, Not, it pretty. No. Yes, 
very Not much. Peter. Um, Brian. It's the anti-Brian. I would say, all right, yeah, all right, definitely. It's 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 Peter's voice is Brian. It, no, it's yeah. I see what you're getting at. You know I see I mean. what you're getting at with that. Yeah, but nonetheless, it makes for a hilarious, hilarious show. But it's not even just Ted itself. It's the family, the father and the and the, and the uh, niece in particular. The niece, uh, Blair, is my absolute favorite character in the entire show. Blair and Maddie. Maddie is the father, played by um, I forgot Scott his name, Grimes. but he plays yes, who also plays Steve on uh, American Dad, who also is a awesome singer. I mean, you talk he all those singing deals he's singing, and he sounds like Justin freaking Timberlake, mind you, yeah. when he sings. It's incredible. He's an incredibly talented dude, so, but I've also hilarious. Been a huge fan of Scott Grimes ever since Band of Brothers originally aired. Oh, that's where. Okay, yeah. He is freaking awesome. But two things. I wonder if he actually gained weight just to play this role. I feel like he did. I feel like he really did because I'm like, because he also plays in Orville as well, and I love him in theirs too. And by the way, I'm so happy that the Orville is coming back, and they did say it was coming back eventually. Um, But he, you know, he plays a different character in there as well. But I feel like he really embodied this because he wanted to be the Archie Bunker of this show, and that's exactly what he was. And Matt and Blair plays the Michael, the meathead of this show. Their dynamic is, and, and I, which led me to believe, like the wife who I love, she's on the Euphoria, and plays a completely different character on Euphoria. I didn't realize. I'm like, yeah, she's obviously the Edith of this show, and they got this all in the family. Still, it's like all in the fa- I said all in the family, Alf, um, and almost every in fam- it's like Family Guy mixed with Alf mixed with all in family, and then you add every single '90s trope into this thing, and it makes a great show out of Ted. Yep, that's exactly it. It's a it's a it's a smart show. It's a well done show, and you know, absolutely. Thing is, you know, I was watching this TikTok video. And it was Neil deGrasse Tyson, and he was talking about how Seth MacFarlane called him up and asked about a specific sky on a specific day to so that he can replicate it for Ted. Because he wanted to be <laughs> sure that, you know, when, um, when uh, what's his name, uh, when John wishes upon a star... <laughs> For Ted to come to life, this was humanly mm-hmm. possible. So Seth MacFarlane went to the expert to replicate the, the starry sky that very night, that very location. Where do you go to? Who do you, who do you see? Neil deGrasse Tyson? Yeah. That's awesome. Right? And then, you know what Neil deGrasse Tyson's <laughs> joke was at the very end? Ted. Hamburger. Ted got the sky right. Titanic didn't. <laughs> so I bring that up because it just goes to show you the care of, and details that Seth MacFarlane puts into his project. People and take that me, for granted. People right? don't. People people do not realize the amount of detail that not only just him, but a lot of people who do like does all these entertain, whether it's acting or producing or storytelling. People often, especially when you read stuff online. They take it for granted so much. Seth MacFarlane is this generation's Mel Brooks, without 
question. Yep. There's, I mean, if you don't know who Mel Brooks is, and I'm pretty sure, you know, a lot of younger people don't, it's one of the greatest comedic minds ever. And, you know, I guess you, depending on who you talk to, he's probably the re, he's virtually almost the reason why Dave Chappelle is where he is today, because he gave him the opportunity way back in, uh, you know, um, Robin Hood Men in Tights. Good old Achu. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like, you know, he's done a lot. He's done get smart. He's done all the stuff. But like, we haven't had a person who was able to replicate that type of vibe until Seth MacFarlane came out, where he's doing all these really awesome shows. Um, I even look, say what you will, the Cleveland show was my ill, was my was my ish. <laughs> that was I great. Still I love that. that. I love that show. American still Dad is the show. one that I'm like the least interested in, but mm-hmm. I still not bad. No, nah. but um, all of his shows has this comedic theme that just works so well, and he has this. It's like he has this this core way of doing things, but then he spreads it out to give different you know aspects of his template in there, and they're all funny. They're all entertaining. Like his movies are even entertaining his, but he's so well-rounded. He's extremely talented. He loves musicals for some reason, but he does them really well and ties that into comedic aspects it's too. Like, man, uh, the, the guys from South Park, there's just something about, about musicals yep. that they love. Those guys too. Yeah, absolutely. But he's turned it into an empire that people often, yeah, a vocal minority, I will say, will often try to, you know, deny Nah, you can't deny him. He, he's 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 as many times as he's been canceled <laughs> and managed to come back. This dude came back. What he's now a force in the industry. Yeah. What was your favorite episode, though? Honestly, it was the like my favorite one was the first one because it just the way it wasn't like a typical pilot episode. And right. what I liked about it is that they didn't go out of their way to explain too much. They make a mm-hmm. lot of assumptions, and this is why I loved The Bear. They, it's the same type of pilot episode as The Bear, where you're yeah. just dropped into this world, and yeah. they don't explain much, but through people's but interactions, it feels natural. Yeah, yeah, through people's interactions, you're able to pick up a lot. And, on and the relate rewatch, to it as well. Yes, and on the rewatch you pick up more and more details about the mm-hmm. story and it's like, Oh, that makes sense. That's why in blah, 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 yeah. blah. Right. Like, and that's why uh, I really appreciate the new way of storytelling. And, yeah. you know, before, you know, the way that TV worked is that you were only given a pilot and then from the pilot, you were seeing whether you get picked up. Now they at least order a bunch of episodes, so you're able to take some liberties with the pilot episode, and that's why we're seeing some amazing storytelling in TV right now. Uh, I'm because- wondering if that is actually is that I gotta ask around because um I remember I like it's funny as you mentioned that too because there was like you said there was a time where they do a pilot and then they play it they like. I was at a press interview with uh, Kevin Conroy and I asked him a question like that a while back. Like, did he know that whether Batman, um, whether Batman was going to be, you know, continuing on as it, as we learned that it did. And then further on with justice league. And, you know, the, my, the, his mindset was like, no, we 
we got signed on for that one episode and one episode only. And then we would go on from there. And if they start working, then we start playing, yep. but they were absolutely. And he, I love the way he phrased it. Cause he said there was no guarantees. There were no guarantee in that exact way. Um, you can honestly, you guys can see it on uh, my website on talktimelive.com. It's on the, uh, exclusive, uh, video section where you can see him talk about that. And I asked him that question, but he, you know, I always believe that that's still the same format because I know Molly also, she's going to be in the show uh, Not Dead Yet on ABC that's getting the second season. And she, I know that they were wondering if they were going to do that. And I know they did like a certain, like you said, a certain amount. So I don't know if it's that's the new way or is it, you know, is it is it just, you know, depending on the, the network and the studio? I think, I think it's a little combination of both, but I do think that they order one season at a time as opposed to one episode and then check like you said like i, I said like, and I, think another, I think for network tv yeah. it's the right. old school pilot and then we see yeah now again and now go to another one because molly's also in um the uh what was it the, the show the new show on uh adult swim yeah that immediately um royal crackers and she immediately i think this was at the time when i interviewed her last year and she immediately they immediately got a second season before the first season even premiered because yeah. of how well it was received. Like that, that's unprecedented. Yeah. So exactly. it, it, yeah, I guess it just, it may just depend on the, the studio or it might just be that's the new order of things. Yep. I think it, I think there's a lot of factors, but TV and storytelling now is just so awesome because they don't treat the, the audience like idiots. They don't make too many no. assumptions. Um, you know, they, they allow you to pick up things and they don't spell everything out. And that's what Ted does a great job of. And again, yeah. just to name another show, The Bear, right? It's like they literally allow yeah. you to experience things and going into the world that's already there as opposed to... Just random episodes everything. where they just don't do anything, don't remember anything from what they did to pass. Exactly. That's exactly. Do it. you think Seinfeld gets credit, should get credit for that? In terms of the episodic memory. Because I, up until Seinfeld, there was no show that I've ever seen, except unless it was a soap opera, maybe, where you would, especially for sitcoms, where you would have an episode. Cosby show. And then by the next episode, it was like it never happened Cosby and he never Cosby show like there were random episodes, but for the most part, it was a, a through story. OK, there was I could give him credit for the anniversary episodes. I don't recall and it's, I haven't watched the Cosby show in ages, especially due to yeah, circumstances, of course, um, but I, I remember it so vividly because it's. It's regardless of the fact that I haven't watched it and why I watched it, I watched it enough for it to be imprinted in my head. Mm -hmm. But I do recall there are times that they've recollect things, especially when they started tying in a different world yeah. to it and stuff, that they would connect things. But I don't remember it being so fluid as what Seinfeld did. No, so I think Seinfeld was like literally every episode. It was rare that you would see a random episode thrown in. Yeah. Because I, and I was, I'm, as I watch it every day, like they would have an episode and something would happen. And then the next episode come and they will make reference, reference to what happened in the episodes to connect them together. And they would constantly do that. And they, whenever they do marathons of Seinfeld, you will often see that they're 
you know, backtracking and referencing things that have happened before. And then when we get to the end of the show, when they all go to court, <laughs> everything comes back yeah. to that measure. And I haven't seen a show do that since. And I mean, I haven't seen, I've started seeing more episodes, like how I met your mother, all those, you know, other shows that would try to replicate the popularity of what Seinfeld did. I haven't, I've started seeing more and more of that ever since. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think Seinfeld was the one who did it the most. But they weren't technically prominently, yeah. first. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say that. Yeah, maybe, maybe the first is the wrong word, but you know, solidified it prominently. Yes. Solidified yes. it. Yeah, exactly. All right, let us talk about some AEW wrestling, some dynamite. Oh yeah. Before we do that, <laughs> um, what did you think of the episode? Actually, I mean, it was I, honestly, it was it went from good to great for me. Really? Because really? leading up to the to the main event, and it was all about seeing. It was all about Hook. It was all about seeing how well. Because this is technically to me an upper, a next level, for him. Because everything that he had leading up to this point was just like jobber matches and everything. And he had some matches that were good with some people of his level or just slightly above. But Joe was a real test. And although I knew he wasn't going to win. <laughs> for God's sake, it was it was all about how was he able to fare with him, and I thought overall it it it, it led up to a really good show. Yeah, all right. Um, I was indifferent. With now, as we go along, now, as we go along, we and we and you review it. I may th- backtrack that, but I know for the main event, it gave me what I want. Yeah, the main event was I like I called the ending on on Sunday. Even I said that. Hook ain't going to give up. He's going to be in the Kakina clutch, and he ain't going to give up. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, so we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk about the AEW title. We'll talk about a lot of stuff. Yeah. Let's get straight into the show because we started off with the TNT Championship match. Christian Cage with Killswitch and Nick Wayne versus Dustin Rhodes. Well, for the most part, that was it was a solid match. I didn't expect any. I expected it to be a solid match because of, it's Dustin. And all except for the very end, I thought it was it was a solid match. I think the match was too long for Dustin. I would I would agree. I would agree. That's but I think I, I just don't understand why he needed to do another kill switch, which the second kill switch didn't look as good as the first. Especially like like again, it goes back to the age old argument that you're seeing more and more about pro wrestling now is yeah. finishers mean shit. Yeah. Like the even I, I think it would have been better if he would have won just with the spear. Yeah. You don't have to use Because it was a great spear. It was a great spot. Yeah. It was a great spear and it was it would have been telling it would have been like a, a a flip off to like Edge or uh Copeland. Yeah, exactly. All right, so let's talk about this ending. Uh Nick Wayne sneaks in and he tips a roll-up allowing Cage to be on top. Rhodes kicks out and comes back with a flurry of offense, and he hits the unnatural kick, and then he hits a crossroads for a two-count. Wayne then interferes again. Uh, kill switches into attack Rhodes. Rhodes hits a destroyer on Wayne on the outside, and the Cage hits a spear and not one but two kill switches because he got up from the pin uh, for the yeah. win. So winner and still TNT champion, Christian Cage. I- I think what I liked about that match is that because before when 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 Dustin was doing promos, he was basically saying like how much he was so eager to want to get that title. And it just 
it kind of reminded me, it made me remind me like he really wants that title. He's going to fight as much as possible in order to do it. And I think that's what led to that ending, but it just didn't execute as properly as I thought it could have. It was a little messy. It was a little messy. It was like, yeah. mm, again, the no quit attitude works, but it should have been not on a kill switch. I, I, like that, That's the one thing. Like, we gotta yeah, it really should have been spare. Yeah. Yeah, All right. I agreed. Renee Paquette is with our boy. Swerve Strickland and Swerve reiterates that he has his eyes on the main event and he doesn't care who wins tonight because he wants the AEW championship. He says that he is the most dangerous man coming for the belt, uh, which is the most coveted prize in the industry. Strickland is asked about a hangman Adam Page and he does give him a little bit of praise, but he says that Page can't beat him. So he has no reason to fight him again. I just got one question and. What is up with the eyes? Did he have a recent match where he uh, was that legit, or was that was he was that makeup? I think that was legit. Uh, there's no re- they didn't address it, so there's no reason for it not to be legit. Like where was I need to know where that's coming? Like it just like it, it wasn't there last week. It was there this week. What led to that whole thing? As both his eyes is like stairs. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, but with that said, it makes him look even more ferocious than ever, too. So, it like, adds on to, to his Nino Brownish type of persona. So. Yeah, exactly. Mr. NDA himself, Chris Jericho, is asked about losing his tag title chance at Battle of the Belts. He says that Guevara is hurt, so he's not there. Can Guevara stay healthy? Uh, can, you said Kenny or will he? Can Guevara stay healthy? A lot better than uh, than Top Flight. Yeah, that, well, that's damn. That's it. <laughs> Jericho blames Powerhouse Hobbs and Takeshita and says he wants revenge. Matt Seidel interrupts and they set up a match for Rampage. I, what, if was that wrong? Did I? I swear Jericho said that he wanted to fight him tonight and then he switched on a Rampage. Uh, I don't know. I could be wrong. I only watched it once. Same. And I was taking notes. <laughs> Orange Cassidy and Trent Beretta versus Penta El Zero Miedo. That was the most white way to ever say that. Penta El Zero Miedo <laughs> and Commander. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of this, match? God bless you. <laughs> um, no, I... I Another great, solid, fast-paced match. I loved it. Um, I like the fact that they're lingering on this idea that Trent and Orange has this ongoing, you know, beef with each other, slight beef, where we're trying to figure out whether they have beef. I honestly feel like Trent may they, like they're planning something for Trent. I think so. I think they are. Which, I think they which, are. mind you, I think is about due because. When I was watching it yesterday, I was like, man, this dude came a long way in his career. Like, people forget that he used to wrestle in WWE. And, you know, he had long hair and all that stuff back then. And he was just a young boy-ish type of guy. And he didn't let the crap that he went through there detain him. He went, he managed to make it in Japan. And much like Nick Namath right now, I think that was the one of the best things that can happen with him right now. And I, it has helped him be way more established to the point that people don't even, for, people forget often that he was that, that dude. And he's really good. 
I think it's a long time coming. And so if they're doing something with him, yeah, let's let's get let's get it going. Similar to uh, C.J. Parker, better known today as Juice, uh, Juice Robinson. Yeah, right. Like it's the same type Agreed. of thing, right? Like it's absolutely same same move. And yep. he bet on himself, and look at the career he's yeah. having right now. And and he won the uh, he 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 won the ultimate prize in being Tony Storm's husband. So like really, how about that? C.J. Parker won at life. <laughs> he did. He is like the outside Miz. <laughs> in <a sense. laughs> not not from a wrestling standpoint from a no matter what y'all think that dude won <laughs> yeah you know who's winning at life right now zion quinn from nxt how so you know you know who he's dating right no cameron our girl wow oh he won he won he might have won most of all <laughs> <laughs> Right, he might have. He that's a title. That's, that's, <laughs> all right, Orange Cassidy, Tripperetta, Penta, and Commander. This match was exactly what you think it would be. It wasn't bad. Yeah. Uh, Trent hits Commander with a knee strike. Penta with a knee strike on Trent. Cassidy is in and hits Penta with a beach break. Follows that up with an orange punch on Commander, and then Trent steals the pin for the win. Trent Beretta and Orange Cassidy win the match, and I love the fact that as there's some tension between Beretta and Cassidy, Roderick mm-hmm. Strong, Matt Taven, and Mike Bennett storm the ring, and they confront Orange Cassidy, and Strong says that Cassidy has been a fighting champion, but he thinks he's afraid because he's been in a tag match uh, tonight. He says that uh, Strong then says that the title belongs to him, and he's here to make Cassidy accept that. Strong challenges, Cassidy accepts, but Strong says they're going to have to wait until Revolution. Which, at this point, do you think Rudrick is going to win? Yes, I do. Yeah, I think this is going to elevate them. And, and you know what? Orange has had it long enough. Um, I just need Rudrick to do something with that mustache right now because... I- <laughs> There seems to be a bit of a competition backstage with two people and mustaches lately. Um, his seems he seems to be losing. <laughs> right now. Yeah, yeah. He looks He's like not- you know what he looks like right now. He looks like Flanders. <laughs> maybe that's the point. Yeah, uh, maybe, with maybe. Geeky, but geeky, dorky guy, but he's like gonna kick her ass. Stupid, what I love, sexy Flanders. What I, that's the thing I love about Roderick Strong is like. He always sounds like some pasty, you know, suburban, you know, white kid, you know, from, <laughs> but he, he doesn't wrestle like it. Like yeah. it's so misleading. Yeah. Yep. All right. Hang He's man. like a dude straight out of Riverdale. <laughs> the CW version. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. All right. Renee Paquette is with Hangman Adam Page, and Page says that nobody cares more about the AEW World Championship than him, and when he gets it back, he will hold it close to his heart. He says that he doesn't think of Swerve Strickland, um, and that's in response to what Swerve said to him. So clearly, they think about each other a lot. And number two contestant in the mustache competition, I think he is winning... And mind you, and he is starting to look a lot like Magnum TA. <laughs> <laughs> he really is, dude. He really, he really is. If he keeps this up, he's going to look like Terry Allen, without a doubt. I love that so much. 
I, I look, the minute I looked at it, he got the vest and all the stuff. I'm like, oh my God, he's turning it for Magnum. Yep. <laughs> all right. This next thing we're going to listen to because this was uh, very, uh, you know, I like this a lot. And the grand scheme of stuff, it has been a year since Jay Briscoe passed away. And um, yeah, we'll uh, let's play this. Oh, yeah, we're going to talk. South Carolina. What's good, baby? I come to you tonight representing the baddest tag team in the history of this planet, them boys, the Briscoe Brothers. Now, tragically, one year ago tonight, my partner, my brother, he passed on, man car accident, moved on to the next level of existence. You know, they say generations come, generations go. Man, my nieces were in the truck with him, and tragically, they told my oldest niece, they were injured severely, told my oldest niece, you know, you'll never walk again. However, damn it. We get boys, damn it! We won't stop, cause we can't stop. We ain't going nowhere. Hey, we thank every one of y'all from the bottom of our hearts, and we love y'all, man. God bless y'all. That's awesome. What a moment. Amazing. There you go. Um, so, yeah, we got go a lot to say here. Yep. Um, it's an awesome segment. Absolutely awesome segment. I will take nothing away from the segment. I will, however, talk about the idea that, one, it's out of sight, out of mind, that we, a lot of people may not have remembered or realized that today was the day of his passing. And why wasn't this more emphasized online that they were going to do a tribute to Jay Briscoe is beyond me. And even more, the King was um, Mike Bennett had a band that said Jay Briscoe. And I'm thinking, like, why is he have, like they both of them were wearing bands. Matt Taven and him were wearing bands. And one said uh, Mike's had Jay Briscoe on there. And I'm thinking, like, that's interesting that a hill would have Jay Briscoe. And I didn't put two and two together. And I'm pretty sure if I didn't, other people didn't either. And I know that everybody was cool with Jay Briscoe, but it was just interesting that they would wear the black band. And then they announced that this was happening. And I'm like, and I, I texted you. I'm like, did they announce this, that this was going to happen? And, you know, I missed it online or whatever like that. And you said no. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure if they would have announced this or even made this night in tribute to him, that more people would have probably jumped on. Yep. And I don't know how many people did jump on this night because they've been in a decline in viewership in this, on this show. 
But knowing something like that would have probably brought more eyes. The other thing I was interested in is like, I, maybe it was because they wanted to put attention to the to the nieces and all this stuff. But the rest of the family were in the sidelines in the, in the front row. And I'm thinking like, you know, this is the one thing I think WWE gets credit for in my eyes is that when they do tributes, they really do tributes. I felt like this was awesome, but it should have been more attention put to it. And I don't know why it hasn't. And I thought that was just, to me, it was just like, I was annoyed. And this is the part where I I get why you have such beef with a guy who decides who wants to spend more online, you know, beefing at trolls than putting forth on his product. Yep. Look, that's the way I saw it. But other than that, very great moment. Mm-hmm. AEW does when they do things right, they they hit it out of the park. This was a home run. I really like this. Yeah. This was awesome. I'll never forget this day. Um, unfortunately, you know Jane's mom. I know I. You know this is the same day that they passed away, so it's always on my mind. Um, right. That like I just remember like he, talking to her, being with her in the afternoon, and then. At night, as we're watching NXT, you know, seeing the news, news and then NXT, yeah. Vic Joseph and Booker T announcing about what right. happened. It was just just crazy. So yeah, yeah, so this was really cool. And to me, it was just like you know seeing seeing the daughters, right? Because you haven't heard much about them. No, no. So let alone that news that you know of their you know diagnosis and and you know results and everything. Yeah. Exactly. All right. We are going to Renee Paquette chatting with the Young Bucks. They want to be called Matthew and Nicholas Jackson now because they are EVPs and they need to be taken serious. The Bucks maintain that they are there and would do anything to protect what they built. Matthew reflects on the short history of AEW and says it was um, it was uh, out with the old, in with the new. Matthew does indeed admit that somewhere in the journey, the culture changed and they learned that they lean too much on yesterday. He doesn't blame Sting as he calls him a model employee, but he does say it's time to say goodbye to Sting and everyone like him. I I hate the fact that like, yeah, people can hate the Bucks, but I really don't think that you can't discredit them for how good they do promos, especially Matt Jackson. Like it, they're so they're so comfortable with how they talk on 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 camera and on a mic and all the stuff. Which we've seen people who only you know aren't able to do that, and they really do bring in some emotion. I really enjoy their segment here, and I also, of course, once again enjoy Renee Paquette's reaction to it. I love how she was the internet wrestling community. When they yes. did the dig at, yes. the, at Punk, she was like, here we go again. Yep, exactly. Like, she's being neutral in this sense here. And it was by design, but it was yeah. beautifully done. And, you know, we we all we all think it, feel it, and they know it too, but they're playing on to it, along with it. Look. it was. Bucks, I thought it was well done. The Bucks are in a position right now where they're in a lose-lose position, right? So in my yeah. opinion... They're doing exactly what they needed to do for a very long time. And that's just lean yeah. into being lean into it. Lean in. Yeah. Lean in. This is what WWE does so well. Leaning into real life stuff. People hate you. Become a heel. 
Look at Edge and Matt Hardy and Lita. Like, that's a prime yep. example of this. Lean in. If you are watching the show and you're like, is this not, not, I don't want to say, is this real, but holy shit, they're actually doing this because, right? Yeah. If they can, no, agree. I mean, and if again, they can mess we, us up, they're doing a yeah. great job. And, and again, I'll give credit to Vince McMahon for that. He, the minute that he, uh, the Brett screw Brett thing, he went into it and became like one of the greatest hills of all time from that. Yep. So, oh. Uh, Here's my yeah, prediction. I, yeah. They talked about Sting and they said everyone like him. Like so them. They obviously have a beef with some of these older guys. So Dustin. All Dustin Rhodes. All in. I'm predicting right now. The Young Bucks versus Edge and Christian. Ooh. Oh my God. That's an awesome match. Where <laughs> Copeland and awesome. Cage are gonna like they're gonna beefing. But, but there, this is going to be their, this is going to be the tag. Yeah, that's brilliant. <laughs> I can absolutely see that happening. That is absolutely well towed. And this is the this will be the AEW that we're 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 accustomed to. And let's throw in the fucking Hardys in the mix. I would say get them out of the way before Edge and Christian because they're more Edge and Christian are more you know they're they're more fit to be able to do this match. I can't vouch for those two right now they look they're a little bit broken if you will <laughs> <laughs> have you seen matt hardy's wife on tiktok and social media lately i don't but i hear so much great things about that uh that uh platform so going back i'll, I'll send you some videos and going back to yeah. is this real what's going on like yeah they're beefing they're beefing is that right yeah gotta love it yep <laughs> So that's my prediction. All in. Matt Hardy. Sorry. Christian Cage. Adam Copeland versus the Young Bucks. Yeah, I would. I think that would be a great match because both of those guys still got it in them greatly. More so than you, the and Say it again. Oh, wait. That's what. Yeah, way more, unfortunately. Um, and the. Oh, my God. That I. That would be a match I would love to see. Mm-hmm. I can see this. Agreed. The Bucks are essentially going to be the legend killers, for lack of a better term, and take out all these old people, right? Like, that's honestly right. what I think. I think they're going to also love this be- trans. Yeah. I also love this transformation that they're doing right now, too. I mean, they, they at some point in time, they're going to have to get rid of that young part of their uh, names. The Bucks. Yeah. It, just the Bucks. It just needs to be the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Like, it, or just the Jacksons or whatever they want to call it. But, you know, it needs to. They, they're at the stage now. The, the look, their look right now, is giving him the the uh, you know the next stage look. They look like the dirty rotten scandal, scoundrels, mind you, but <laughs> it's working. Yeah, I love the look. They just look like, you know what they look like, the skeezy club owners that you would see in like Manhattan <laughs> or something. <laughs> exactly. You got my rent. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. But that's how she. That's how like Matt approached. Like you know, approach Renee. Like you know, we we pay your bills. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you very much. We can take it away. They needed to lean on this EVP thing a little more. Absolutely, because that's the one thing that they weren't. You're right. That's the one thing that they weren't doing. And it's no secret that they are EVPs. 
So use yeah. it as a character trait. Be yep. like Vince McMahon was in the late 90s. And again, I'm not comparing them. I'm just saying abuse your power as your character. Yeah, absolutely. So this will, this, will, this is going to be great TV, it could I, I think. It could be. It could also it be does, an right. absolute disaster. I, you know, I, 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 that is very true. But they've been pretty good when telling stories, and much even though people don't um, always give them credit for. That's why I try to, especially. Have you noticed? Yeah, we'll talk about the match a little bit. Give our thoughts about the match. But I really try to emphasize the storytelling that's happening in AEW Dynamite because I still maintain that a lot of people don't think that a lot is happening. But after every single match, something happened in the matches or at the end of the match or after the match to progress storylines just like this match, the ROH World Six-Man Tag Team Championship. See how I fucking segued that, my friend? Yep. Mogul Embassy, uh, Brian Cage, Bishop Khan, and Toa Leona with Prince Nana versus the Bullet Club Golds, Jay White, Austin Gunn, and Colton Gunn. I really enjoyed this match. I love this match. I, I, I loved it. It was They all did a great job. Everybody did a great job. I, of course, Brian Cage. Just unbelievable. <laughs> Prince Nana. His overacting, yay your name. <laughs> it 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 for some reason he makes it work. It's not you thank put that, that thank you, you 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 put that with anybody else. It may not work. It may it may they may expose themselves. He has the charisma to be able to make that work and make it convincing because I feel like he's that is actually him. That's not him trying to be a character or a character of himself. That's actually him just being a goofball. He's just very genuine. So I mean, like, you know, Nana, Nana's, never, Nana can almost never do wrong with me. Um, agreed. Same, same with me, right? And we're talking a twenty-year relationship that we've had. <laughs> yeah, Con- I, I've never, I never once actually ever had a bad Nana moment, no matter what version of the embassy it was. Yep, exactly. Khan takes out the guns with a double drop kick. Prince Nana grabs White's foot. Leona slams him, drops him for a two count. The ref is distracted. Prince Nana gets the title, but Anthony Bowen stops him. And, and then back in the ring, White hits the Blade Runner and pins Khan for the win. And we have new ROH six-man tag team champions, Bullet Club Gold. The acclaimed and Billy Gunn have a stare down with P- Bullet Club Gold after the match. While they're still trying to recruit them, but I think, like you said, in fact, I'm not going to take credit for it. What do you think this is going to lead to? I didn't know that they were going to actually win those titles. Hold on. Which, was it you that actually told me? Or was it someone else? I think it was no, someone No, no, no. I, I texted you yesterday after, immediately after they won the titles. It was like, okay, I wasn't expecting them to lead the titles, but it led me to believe that this is going to lead into a unification. It was you. Yeah, sorry. So many yeah. people message me during wrestling shows that I lose track of. Oh, Mr. What. Popular. Okay. Oh, fuck <laughs> <off>. <laughs> well, you know, I get I get so many in my time, so <laughs> I gotta flee. You know, like you're you're being timeless right now. You do realize that. I gotta flee some away, flee some back. I'll maybe take a trout or two. <laughs> Look, I don't take any pride that a bunch of dudes message me throughout the day. <laughs> Granted, <laughs> but no, um, yeah, yeah. I, I was like, I like, oh, this is going to lead to a unification match. I think at some point, basically, they are going to 
you know, I think that's been a plan for a while time and they just needed a lead in to do it. And I think this is perfect. Um, my, my thing is, and I know it's going to happen, but in your, in your, uh, opinion, opinion, in your view, do you prefer six man tag champions or trios champion trios? I don't know why I like the name trios more. Is it because of the luchador aspect of it? For me, yeah, that's exactly what it is. I figured, and, and, and you know, it must be I, we're on contrasting mindsets, but I don't mind either or. But I grew up knowing the NWA six man world six man tag team uh, champions, so I grew up on that. So I'm used Wait. to that. I don't mind the trios. At least they don't call it the Manage Trois Championship. <laughs> well, my name. <laughs> but here's the thing. Um, what I love about the, them calling it the trios titles is it brings in an element, another cultural element into wrestling, which yeah. makes AEW a little bit more of a hybrid, you know, uh, promotion. So I don't mind it in that sense. I don't mind it as six man tag titles either. Cause that's what I grew up on. So it, in a way, either or is fine with me, but I'm always interested in what people always thought of that. Yeah. Yeah. I call it trios. <clears throat> uh, that's always been uh, kind of like in my mind. Right. All right. Yeah. Adam Cole is with Warlow, and he says he has not even scratched, he being Warlow, hasn't even scratched the surface of what he is capable of. Cole says that Warlow will keep winning until he has a world title. But the way he said he doesn't imply Warlow, it implies him, <laughs> Adam Cole. Exactly. <laughs> I love this. But also, um, this week, we saw that Warlow was a little bit more of an advocate to the idea, or advocating the idea of, like, it being in the uh, in the uh, undisputed kingdom, so I don't know what's that playing, but uh, he said he, he seemed more enthusiastic this week about that idea than he does previous weeks. So I don't know what's going to happen with this. We're still up in you know up in the air of like where his allegiance is, but it seems like this week it was leaning towards the idea of bringing it in and keeping it in the group or keeping it for Adam Cole. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Which is interesting. It's interesting. Right? Yeah. And I think it's one of those things because it's so obvious where they're going with this. That I'm not yeah. saying that they're trying to swerve us. Isaiah Swerve Scott us. But they're trying to add like an element of, okay, it's going to take a little time to get to where we're eventually going to be. Yeah. And they're not doing it in exact. And in this case, they're not doing it in exact same way that Christian is with... Um, with the uh, kill switch or luchasaurus mind you yeah. so it is kind of exactly. it is kind of differentiated itself from that in a sense yep exactly he could be he could be going full batista yeah it, that's exactly it right that's mm -hmm. that's that's the character that should they should lean it like see, into see that's how long ago i've been <laughs> long ago since i watched wwe <laughs> i remember that much <laughs> yep all right I just did some weird ASMR thing on my mic. That was really weird. All right. <laughs> One episode. It'll, it'll be totally ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Jesus. All right. Never a dull moment on a show. <laughs> Never. All right. Deanna Peraza versus Anna J. I loved this match. I love Deanna Peraza. was just awesome. Yep. Just, I love her. Yeah. She's so I, and I think as I think as she keeps going, because you know, regardless of hardcore fans knowing her, I don't think enough fans really get to see her because when she was in NXT, she was barely there. And when she was there, she was really doing really well. But then she did the house, you know, the house, uh, the house short loop more than anything else. Absolutely. So 
I think the more we see her in, in, in this setting, the more we're going to be able to enjoy her skill level. Yep. Um, and we're getting, we're now getting some really good technical rest, uh, wrestlers in the women's division coming in. And I'm excited. Anna J has improved quite a bit. A lot of them have Anna red velvet, um, sky and, um, and Julia, like they have, they've been really putting in some really great effort and they, and their matches are really getting better as we go along. Yeah. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, it was really good. This was a very good match. I like how they gave Anna J a lot of offense. I know that this mm-hmm. you're trying to put over Deanna Peraza, but you're trying to also showcase Anna J. And by showcasing her, you have to give her a lot of offense. And that's yeah. exactly what they did. Uh, so Peraza uh, hits J with a big boot, but then J responds with an axe kick and a backstabber. Perazzo kicks out at two. She then finds her opening to finally take Anna J down, and she locked in the Venus to Milo, causing Anna J to tap the fuck out. Beautifully done. I don't know why um, I'm swearing yeah. so much. I never swear this. <laughs> I'm in, like you said, I'm in a weird mood today. When you unlocked your brother's uh, past, you pretty much just started going open into floodgates right there. Right. <laughs> Again, storyline going back and re-referencing back old storylines. <laughs> Give us the book, Tony Khan. We're all about long-term storytelling on every episode here. <laughs> nah, but yeah, I, I, I think she's gonna be uh, she's gonna be a great contender coming. Out. I can't wait to see this match with her and um and Storm. And you know. Like we do each and every single week, I am going to give Tony Storm her flowers, and we're just going to listen in. Can we just do an MVP of the week? We should start doing an MVP of the week, but it's it's either Swerve, Prince, no, no, or, or Tony was... Storm. <laughs> it really is. All righty. Let's uh, hit play on this. have two very impressive victories in just four days. Now, Tony Storm said that she would like to meet with you but the champ's right there. Is there anything you'd like to say to her? Absolutely. Tony, I don't know what's gotten into you. We've known each other for a long time. Hell, we used to be like sisters. I don't know what she means. And it's cl- okay, so hold on to that. I love that reference because Tony Storm and Diana Perrazzo lived together during the pandemic. Right, right. <laughs> clear since I arrived at AEW that you've changed but you know what so have I you might have been friends with Deanna Perrazzo but you have never met the greatest technical woman's wrestler in the world the virtuosa the champion technical well, technically speaking, you're an artificially tanned hag. My past is none of your concern. I ought to march into that ring and suck you right in that box. But we must go to commercial, darling. So stick around, chin up, tits out, and watch for the shoe. Oh, watch the shoe. Whoa. Mariah throwing fastballs. Oh, 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 oh. oh, oh. 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 I'm 
quick. I ducked. I'll throw my shoe, damn it. Don't throw a shoe at me. Oh, this is. Oh, security guys got nailed. Put shoe. down my shoe. Oh, my God. You don't, we don't need to re engage. Shoes flying all over the place. Timeless here. Tony Storm not accepting this challenge from Deanna Plaza as well. Oh, there's so much to talk about with this right now. <laughs> One thing, and I said this yesterday to you, Luther officially has the best job. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> oh my God. The stuff that he just has to do for less, like, it, like kudos to you. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. MVP of the year. Two, I wonder, you know, she, uh, the watch for the shoe bit is hilarious. I wonder if this is going to lead in to fans participating in that. I have, especially AEW fans, I have a fear that that's where this is going to lead. You remember NXT UK? Uh, the Grizzled Young and Veterans? It was, yes. Did they not do? Well, no, what they no? What did they do? They put up their they shoe. Would, they didn't they throw shoes in the ring. They never threw them. They, yeah, because that was that was something that was like a considered a insult or whatever. Also, remember, like soccer fans, for the most part, they behave. They have fun, but they behave. Yeah, ish. On depends on. Yeah, the <laughs> it did, yeah exactly. I don't know, but this was hilarious as always. This just. I, I get so giddy and excited as to how natural and genuine she's able to pull this off. Mm-hmm. I say this every single week and it just always surprised me. And then again, as a fan of, you know, not a fan of the Audrey Hepburn era of actors, but the fan of Carol Burnett and how she did things. Yep. This is hard. This is, this is Carol Burnett and Roger Corman to a T. Yes. I love this gimmick. And this gimmick is not the same as Dana Brooks' new gimmick in Ugh. TNA. Anyone who makes that comparison has no idea well, what well, first of your all, character is doing. They're looking at aesthetic. We're looking at aesthetic right now. And but aesthetically color. and hair color and hairstyle. We have not heard her talk yet. That's the one thing. When we hear her talk, that will play a factor. If she talks in the same you know, in the same dialect as Tony Storm, then we're going to call carbon copy like on mannerisms, this. Mannerisms, like mannerisms, right? Like mannerisms and in, in, in dialect and all that stuff. If she starts playing that card, but in the fact it didn't help that she had like a valet or you know liaison or valet next to her either. Yeah. So a very you can't help you can't you can't blame show, people. For, say it again. A very good friend of the show, by the way. Like a lot of us ah, know him personally. But regardless, like. You can't blame fans for doing the comparisons. Yep. I don't we'll, blame we'll them. Just, but it's just funny how, like, the tribalism takes over. Like, hold on. Like that. Well, it's the, tri- it's the tribalisms, but also it's a great, it, 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 it take, um, it says a lot for the success of what Tony Storm yep. has done mm-hmm. with a character because immediately, boom, 
They, they immediately connected. This Ash by Elegance character is a copy and what Emma was supposed to be in WWE. Mm. That Emmalina character. That uh, yeah. I heard about that. You know, high end something. All right. I have Which, I'm gonna by the way, this. you called her real quick, you called her Ash, and all I just keep thinking is Pokemon right now. Pokemon, I know. I know. <laughs> she wants to be the very best. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna call out a friend. I know he listens sometimes. His name is Yeoman. This is what he messaged me at 9.27 p.m. as this was airing. As this as this thing was airing. Mm-hmm. I will never... This is him, not me. I will never <laughs> really... Uh, just remember that. I will never really... <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> All right, I'll stay silent. Go ahead. <laughs> I will never really understand the noir screen women's wrestler. I reply, it's over. And then he says, man... I just have never liked it. Yeoman, you are on an island of one. Mm, mm, mm. A very, a, a, yeah, yeah. Um, you and you and the soccer ball or the volleyball that you're with right now. Um, <laughs> I, is it, what is his, what is his, mo, what is his favorite promotion? His favorite wrestler is Shark Boy, and he used to love no, no, watching no, no, no. TNA. Oh, God. Doesn't like Timeless Tony Storm, but he likes Shark Boy. I'm not yeah. talking Shark Boy as a wrestler. He's a great wrestler. Yeah, yeah. That gimmick. I know. I, I know. Even when he Hold did on. the Stone Cold thing, it was like, I was, how does he, how? And he doesn't, like, I thought, I, here's my thing. I thought if he say, like, he like NWA or other, you know, stuff like old school NWA or stuff like that, or he grew up with that, or he grew up with New Japan or whatever, like, I wouldn't understand that. If he would have said Glow, <laughs> that he didn't watch glow or anything i can because this i mean say what you will the timeless tony storm thing is very it's a lot much like very much like wwe-ish glowish type of thing but except you have tony storm as a great talent that makes it work also topped by the fact that she's an awesome wrestler so that that creates a great package in itself yep so here's in but with that said i don't get i don't get the idea i don't get the uh i mean I it, to each his own here, here's, here's, here's something interesting. I was playing that clip through X, and on the sidebar, they have the trending topics. Grayson Waller is trending right now because of his interview in Australia where he mm-hmm. defended the business. Did You saw that, right? Yeah. Okay. Also, as I'm playing that clip, Jeff Hardy just pops up like in the trending. I'm like, ooh, what's happening now? There's nothing. But I'm like, my heart just sank for a second. Because when yeah. Jeff Hardy trends, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's usually never a good thing during non wrestling <laughs> hours. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's nothing. Okay. Whew. All right. Got scared. Agreed. Rightfully so. Unfortunately. You said Grayson Waller, and then, and I was going to share the screen, but you, then that would have caused issues for you. Um, yeah. But yeah, Grayson Waller. It's already caused issues saying Jeff Hardy on an off on an hour wrestling hour. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. Let's jump back to Dynamite because we're almost there, friends. I'm sorry for the extra long episode. But again, this is what you get with us. All right. Stop top apologizing. Top. <laughs> See, this is the difference between a black man and a Latino. <laughs> Oh, we're about to get real now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right. <laughs> I don't even know what I meant by that. All right. Top flight. 
I knew this was going to be one of those episodes. Dante and Darius Martin versus how many people at that point do you think were? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> y'all need to trend this. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're going to keep real. We cousin cultures. We ain't, we ain't playing that game. No, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Top flight, Dante and Darius Martin versus Private Parties, Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn. Um, I thought, you know, honestly, Mark Quinn, shout out to him. Like for a guy who hasn't been in around for a while, he really, I thought he did pretty good. I thought this was a pretty good match. It wasn't, it, it gave me like, it's like, this is going to, this is the, this is what I call a midnight, a midnight rock and roll express type of match. You got two equally talented, you know, on the level you know, wrestlers that are going to have a good match, you know, together. And I think as if they keep going, they can have a great match with each other. I thought it was pretty good. Nothing really big, but it, they got they got a dynamic. Yeah. And a chemistry that I think works. Match reminded me of pre-pandemic AEW. Yeah. Especially when Mark Wink up back too. Um, again, I, I want to give him credit because he hasn't wrestled in quite a while. And for him to, to for the, this was his first match back. And he did pretty good, especially because you can see he's not back in the ring shape that he once was and was still able to pull off a lot of the moves that he normally was doing. So uh, he great to see him back. He looked great, you know, and uh, I I enjoyed it. All the dives, all the dives, all the topes. Everyone did a tope at some point. Uh, Private Party hits gin and juice on Dante. Quen pins Darius and holds onto the ropes. For the win. There you go. Private Party wins the match. Action Andretti is mad. And Top Flight is mad because of how the match ended. Yeah. And rightfully so. I knew they were going to go hill to some extent. Yeah. Exactly. Darby Allen and Sting are chatting about the Young Bucks. Allen says he wants Sting's story to end with he and Sting as tag team champions. Let's just throw that into the mix. Yeah. Um, I don't think they're going to win tag team champions. <laughs> no, no. But it's going to be a good try. I but they also have okay. undefeated. They also have no, undefeated streak too. No disrespect to Big Bill. There's no fucking way that he's going to be involved in Sting's final match. No, not in no way in hell. And yeah, like I said, no, uh, no disrespect, but he's been doing really good too. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think this is his best push in his career? Um, it's hard to argue. I mean, he. I thought he did really well in a singles deal with NXT when. You know, Enzo was injured or whatever like that. He yeah. was able to hold his own for a yeah. short bit, and the crowd was with him. But he never got that spot up until now. Yeah, that yeah, you're right. I think you're right. You're right. You're right from a pecking order point of view. Yeah, I love how we've been talking so much. Both of us are like drinking more and more water at this point. Well, truth be told, like Unless you have this... gin and juice in there. I don't know. You tell me. No, God, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. But this thing always reminds me to drink anyway because it lights up every time i actually i don't drink anything yet so really that's interesting yeah and then again i'm i'm hooked on so it monitors my my daily deal right there somebody gifted somebody gifted me this like it's i've been drinking like for 93 days nonstop, and i feel like a damn water fountain right oh and i start drinking a lot like when i'm recording a lot of shows and i'm drinking all the water it's yeah it's insane all right AEW World Championship match. Samoa Joe, your champion versus Hook. Dax, why, oh, why didn't Samoa Joe come out to War Machine? 
<clears throat> you say, see, you say War Machine, and that would have, God, that would have been, because you know what? I think the idea is that Samoa Joe respects Taz, regardless, and respects well, Hook okay. to that extent, so because of their history. I was literally going to say, remember, there is a huge history between Taz and Joe, because Taz was kind of his manager for like but he wasn't his manager he was kind of his advisor what was he but also but also like we knew everybody knew when Samoa Joe was on the scene that he was on the same the next Taz. path of rage if you will as Taz was like we when you we he was nothing more to us than the next generation Taz but he yep. was a more evolved version of Taz um and if you guys any of you guys have not seen Taz's title run in ECW Ooh, you need to go find him and go back. He was a wrecking machine, like literally a war machine. But you say war machine, and I think they wouldn't do that because it would have. I don't think he wants to show disrespect to Taz. I think he and and how and he, I thought the storyline was like he respected. He just he just wants to break his son's neck in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, we're I can't wait till we talk about that. But I think that he should have came out to like old school Transformers, the movie Instruments of Destruction, because that to me just felt like exactly what he did in this match. It was, match, I mean, whoo, he welcomed, he welcomed hooked this match <laughs> to the next exactly level. Exactly what it needed to be, in my opinion. Absolutely. This match showed Hook as a rookie taking on Joe, a seasoned, seasoned veteran and your champion. <laughs> and he just fucking just went rickshaw on him like he just dvb had fun with him but then yes hook made a comeback and he's like fuck this and that's when he put him yep. away yep and here's the thing you know what just reminds me of like um i've seen anime like the story anime storylines like this where you got this young up-and-comer that was just doing really well like like sports animes especially where this young up-and-comer is just really good and then he gets to the <laughs> boss level which is the one the baseball when the dude dies and he's a ghost it's oh good god guys. i, I forgot know i know what you're talking about i forgot i was thinking slam more in the lines dunk. of um, you're thinking slam dunk yes yes that or hajimi no ipo yes yes which yes, is yes. a because you know ipo is like uh he's a boxer he's like moving up the ranks he's dominating but then he gets to that he gave i forgot his name daisuke or whatever like that but he gets to that 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 level champion and he loses and it's mm-hmm. like this was to me, like that same type of storyline going in where Hook has been just like he only lost once and he's been a rough shot the entire time. But now he's in he's true. It, it's you know what it is? It's like a strike force fighter going to the UFC and now taking on upper echelon fighters. And now he's like seeing now you're in a now you're in a bigger level. Now or you're in a higher level of fighting or we can make the easy comparison and say that hook is facing his apollo creed there you go there you go not almost yeah but he got beat up like draco fought him too <laughs> <laughs> if he dies he dies i feel like that's yeah, what joe said when he literally was him in the neck that literally was what joe did pretty much like i respect you kid i respect the family but i'm not going easy on you did he not Oh my God! Let's talk about this match. The match spills to the outside because Joe was kicking Hook's ass. Hook starts coming back. The match spills outside. Joe gets control, and in the outside, he does a brainbuster on the announce table right in front of his dad. And holy f- 
fuck. I thought he broke his neck. Wait, wasn't it what wait what, what, what was it a brain buster or was it a Yuganagi? A Yuranagi? You know what? I thought it was Yuranagi that he just because he took him from one side, swung him to the other side. He, it looked like I, he picked. I don't know. I don't know what it was. It was. I thought it was a Yuranagi because his whole entire back. It kind of just let go of him too. Yeah, but then the table broke. <laughs> he smashed the table with them doing that. Like the whole table just. What a and moment. You know what my favorite part was? You would think Joe goes in the ring, they go to commercial, blah, blah, blah. No, Joe fucking picks him up and power bombs him on the apron literally <laughs> seconds later. Oh, that was nasty too. Oh my God. Like, uh, and I, the best part about this is Taz commentary at his best because there are times where he gets so into the match and gets emotionally invested in a match that it feels like now we're not watching wrestling. We're watching actual uh, competition. We're, we're watching a sport. And then on top of that, it's his son. So he's doing the natural reaction thing that a father should do to a son or a relative that he knows. Um, it's, it's like what we talk about when relatives are on the sideline or in the ringside and, you know, wrestlers are trying to react to him, but they're just keep smiling and laughing. No, this wasn't with, even though they're not supposed to, they're supposed to sell it. No, this is Taz. Investing in his craft. And he saw his son getting obliterated by some guy he actually admires, but knows that this is the game that they play. This is the sport. He has to respect it. He's he's torn by being a father and a professional. Yep. And it was just, it was, I, I was, part of me was waiting, like, is he actually going to run in to stop this? Is he going to run in afterwards it, it, when this is all over? Style. Like, he, yeah. <laughs> exactly um and it was it was very compelling yeah it, it let it to me it helped the the actual match even more yeah so after that power bomb on the apron hook gets checked in but checked on by a doctor slowly makes way his way back in the ring and joe just doesn't stop he hits a power slam followed by a death valley driver he then does a muscle buster for a one count hook tries to rally back he suplexes joe over his head um and then he's like you know what i'm gonna fucking try go for broke tries the red rum joe blocks it gets the kakina clutch in the ref checks on hook checks the arm not once not twice but thrice and <laughs> calls for the bell samoa joe still champ beautiful first title defense for joe great Great coming of age, uh, uh, you know, time for Hook. It did, ex like you said, it did everything it needed to do. And this did not hurt Hook at all, especially after the post-match stuff. Exactly. Some would even say I was hooked on it. Hook gets backed <laughs> up. Oh, my God. And talks trash to Joe. Joe attacks him, hits a muscle buster. Hook gets up again. He's begging for more, yelling at Joe. Before Joe can do more damage, Hangman Adam Page is out. Joe leaves the ring. Page and Joe uh, stare uh, down. Uh, 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 Magnum came down to the ring. Magnum <laughs> came down. Magnum Ta <laughs> comes down. They stare <laughs> each other down. <laughs> Surf. It's in the crowd. Um, and he's shown, he's watching Paige checks on Hook. And then him and Swerve share some eyes. And that's that. That's I, the show. I thought the main event, if anything, 
This was like I said, that's what I said. Good to great. You know what? Because I agree with you. I didn't like this episode yeah. as I was watching it outside of the main event. That run right. and Tony Storm. But now running through the entire show, it was a good show. It was a really it was a great it was a good to great show. Um I that main event that main event really nailed it. I wouldn't say great. It was it was above average. Well, when I say good to great, not like it, you know, when you when it's overall grade, yes, it was above average. But it, because it was good to great, like some matches were good, okay, and then as it progressed by the end, it was like, all right, we got a great main, we got a really good main event out of this. Joe's title belt. Let's talk about that a little bit. The redesign of the title belt. Well, that and real, before we do that, what do you think of Hook's new entrance? <laughs> what the hook signal? I don't know, man. I like it for the simple fact that it's comic book e right. But I don't know; it just doesn't fit as well. Okay, here's, okay. yeah, here's it's, it's it's interesting. If they do it, but they already did that last week. If they do it What's only that? for his matches, when you know he's gonna come out, it's cool. But if he comes out in the middle of the match and they show the hook sign, like that's what I'm gonna be like, come Which on, guys. They've been known to do. It's the same thing. It's my same pet like peeve as when it's like, like playing music. Which to AEW's credit, they often try not to do too much. There are times when like they're run-ins that are that they do where they didn't have uh, music playing. So I do appreciate that they do that. But yes, it, yeah, they don't need to do that all the time. They don't need to, you know, go down the well too much with that. Yep. Even though I don't know why. It's I don't know why, but every like every time I see the hook sign, I just think we're gonna see like a Wu Tang symbol. Thank you. I was thinking the same exact thing. <laughs> there you go. I was thinking the same exact thing. Like I was just thinking of Batman to some extent. I was thinking like Wu because um <laughs> The music is very kind of Wu Tangish, yeah, if you will. Yeah, exactly. You know, Bronson Bronson's uh, song, his his, his music song. is very much like Ghostface. Yes, very much, very, 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 very. It's that old school, like, uh, 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 you know, uh, what do you call it? Like underground rap. Yeah, it, it's 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 New York, like that, that is straight New York. But yeah. um, that but that's what I was saying. It's like um. It, you know, I, when I first heard it, I thought it was Ghostface before I thought it was um, Action Bronson uh, yep. uh, did it. And I was like, this dude sounds exactly like Ghostface. <laughs> yep. So Joe's new title. I like the fact that they now have nameplates on it. I'm torn between that one. Like, why? you know you're, what it is? You know why it's you're the, torn? Because you spent a shit ton of money on a AEW. Replica. No, no. No, because they change the titles all the time. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Everybody has the different titles. All right. So I don't all mind. Right. Each each variation has been cool with me. I just think, you know what it is? It's not the fact they have the ability, to, which I think is like, all right, you're going to WWE. I get it, but I don't get it. Like, do your own thing. But I think, it's, I think it's the design of bigger? the plate. The front plate no. is bigger. It's not? No. No, the front plate is the same. The um the side plates are the only thing that changed because I'm I looked at it and I looked at my um title the original title and it's virtually the same except for the the uh, second plates the second side plates which they now they took out the world um because I'm looking at it right now they took out the world um globes out of the two and replaced it by putting the logo on each globe and then adding a a middle uh ellipse to it or circle for those who don't know um. Added a a a, uh, a third ellipse in the middle, which has the nameplate in there. I think the problem I have is the nameplate design. 
because it looks like it's it's laser etched in, and it looks kind of cheesy with laser etch. It does, uh, and and it's great for undisputed belts <laughs> per se, but it's not good. Like they, it needs to be it needs to be embossed, and I think if it does that, if they emboss it, and it might it might just be like a temporary thing, but if they emboss it, then I think it'll look better. Right. Because WWE um, belt, you know, buckles and and plates are embossed. Yeah. So if they go about it that way, then I think it look better. But right now, just it, it it looks laser etched, and I'm not really married to it yet. Yep. Yep. But overall, the belt is actually it, the belt looks good. I like it. I like it. Joe looks fucking great with the belt. I'll tell you that much. Look, I need all of his title belts. I need all his title matches. From this point to be this good and better. This reminds me. It, 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 here's the thing. Um, for those who didn't watch Ring of Honor back then, when he got that title, the next event was do or die, and he faced a uh, homicide, and that was his first title match, and that was the first time, mind you, that he ever pulled off the muscle buster, and he did it from the second rope. Jesus. It did the. It was nasty. It was nowhere near as safe looking as it is now it was like the canico man muscle buster but from the top rope and i was at front row when i saw that too and this kind of reminded me of that first title match deal that he did with him and in almost in the same fashion and this set the tone for that two-year reign that awesome two-year reign that joe did and i hope i don't know if he's going to get two years I need him to get a lengthy, convincing title run, very similar to what he did at Ring of Honor. If you have not seen his Ring of Honor title runs, go back, especially the one with Jay involving Jay Briscoe. Mm-hmm. Yep, freaking fantastic, man. Yeah. So I'm I'm all for I'm all for this title run. Yep, he's been doing so well. All right, so that was the show. Dax, where can we find your other work? You can find my other podcast, ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, on TalkTimeLive.com and wherever podcasts are played. Just know this week, or no, next week, I should say, I am actually going to have any, uh, my first interview of the year, and that is with the man, the director behind the new Contra game that's coming out from way forward. Uh, that is Tom, I believe it's Tom Hulet is his name. And um, he's the director. I'm going to have him come. I love getting way forward. Like way forward is one of my favorite com- um, game developers. They do a lot of retro games. They did the DuckTales game. They did uh, Shanti and all that stuff. So he's coming back on. I'm going to talk with him about the upcoming Contra game that's coming out for um, all platforms, I believe. And you can find other great interviews as well on there. Uh, you can find all of our audio episodes, our video exclusive interviews, like the one I'm going to have for that. And we're available wherever podcasts are played as well. So, um, you know, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you know, um, Spotify, iHeartRadio, you name it, Audible, we're there. So you can find us uh, and search ACMG Presents Talk Time Live or go to TalkTimeLive.com. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Dax, thank you so much for everything. And thank you, as always, for joining me. Uh, We had so much to talk about. Pretty good show to talk about. We obviously fucking Ubisoft. Uh, yeah, so, <laughs> like I said, making everyone wait till the end of the show to l- tell you what the name of the show is. So I'm going to do it in the most boring way humanly possible. So again, we have so much to get through here on Sunday Night's Main Event. We still have the Smack Daddies on Friday. We have um, <coughs> the New Japan 
uh, review show. Uh, Andre and Melbal did that as they're talking uh, the Battle in the Valley show, which featured the return of Jack Perry. Uh, what else do we have? We have some collision catch up on Sunday. <coughs> And the main show, the main show is we're going to be previewing Royal Rumble, chatting about favorite Royal Rumble moments and things like that. So that's something to look forward to here on Sunday night's main event. So thank you so much for listening. He's Dax. I'm Boris. And you've been listening to All Elite Geekly. Thanks so much. And remember, stay tranquilo.